0: Tonight, we want to continue uh, in our study. We want to continue studying. We want to continue uh, in our study. Uh, we want to continue in our study on uh, how to study the Bible. Amen? How to study the Bible. We've already talked about the tools. We've talked about um, what the Bible is. And I'll, I'll begin. I, I told you that the Bible... There are some word pictures that the Bible uses, and these word pictures are what the Bible gives us to understand the Word of God. Okay, so uh, a few of them that I've given you, I told you that the Bible, if one of the word pictures for the Bible, is solid food. The Bible is the Bible illustrates, or God illustrated, uh, illustrated as it being solid food is for the mature. And so, the Bible describes itself as solid food. Told you also that the Bible describes itself as not just solid food, but also the Bible describes itself, amen, as milk. Amen. If you think about those word pictures, you realize that the Bible is what God is trying to tell us in his word He's trying to tell us something that the word is necessary for you to live this Christian life. But what has happened in what has happened for a long time is that there are a lot of people who don't really understand nor know how to actually study the word of God. Uh, And so one of the things that we want to do is we want to prepare you in this series entitled Rooted. That's where we are tonight. We're talking about Rooted. And in this series on Rooted, what we're attempting to do, amen, in this series is to get you to the point where you understand the technique, the technique, amen. So tonight, we're getting ready to go back into it. We're going to talk about the technique. Now, I'll say this to you tonight. Um, I want to thank all of you that joined us last week for our revival. And what you got to see last week was an illustration of um, preachers who studied the word of God here at the seminary and and then they took what they've learned and they've practiced it. Every student that came on last week has taken that class, Bible study methods, what I'm teaching right here tonight, okay? So uh, you, you are blessed tonight to be here to get the word of God, amen? So I want to look at another word picture. The other word picture I told you is that the Bible is also The Bible is also illustrated as a sword. It cuts, right? It cuts as fire. But the one I really like is uh, the symbol of a mirror, that the Bible is a mirror. The thing about approaching the word of God, right? When you come to the word of God, you have to remind yourself, amen, and you have to really look, you'll see yourself. And that's the thing about the word. The word reveals to you what's really right. Hello, somebody. And what's really wrong with you. I'm going to say it one more time. The the Bible, the word of God, amen, it reveals what is right about you, but it also reveals what's wrong with you. I don't know about you, but I've lived my life trying to figure that out. Well, what's wrong with me? But when I found out how to study God's word, how to look at his word, how to uh, read and how to study, amen, it really was a blessing to my life. Now, tonight I want to look at the word real quick and then we'll get into the technique. We're going to go into the first technique tonight, the method, okay? So I want you to open your Bibles to 1 1 Peter chapter 1, 1 Peter chapter 1. We'll go there first, and then I want to show you what the Bible looks. The Bible looks at the word or pictures the word, the word of God. Amen. It describes the word picture as a seed that is sown. Oh, man. As a what? As a seed that is sown. So think about it for a minute. Uh, We've talked about that the Bible is a mirror. It's a hammer. It's milk. It's food, right? It's a sword. It cuts away those things in your life. The word does this. See, what changes your life, saints, is not positive thinking. It's when you hear the word of God and you are convinced and then corrected. Come on, somebody. And convicted. Amen. By what you read, that is when you begin to see change in your life. But the word has to be sown in you. Amen. As a seed, so tonight, as we're getting ready for, um, as we're getting ready for um, our study tonight, I want you to know that what I'm doing tonight is I'm planting, and what we're doing tonight is we're planting seeds. Now, your heart though has to be in the right place to receive it. Amen. So let's look at it together. It says in 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23, amen, One, verse, chapter 1, verse 23, and of course, what are we going to do first when we go to the word of God, when we, when we approach the scripture in verse 23? What's the first thing we're going to do? What's, what's, the, what's the plan? What are we going to do? We're going to read the context. Remember, never take one passage of scripture and read it and interpret it by itself. The Bible has a what? A context, okay? One second. All right. All right. So let's read it together. I'm going to back up. What I want to do is I want to back up... um, I want to back up to verse. Um, da, 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 da. Let's go to verse 19. It says, "But with precious blood, as of the Lamb unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ, for we, for He was foreknown before the foundation of the world. That is Jesus. That is, Amen. Uh, and but has appeared in the last times for the sake of you, who through Him are b- believers in God." who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and your hope are in God. See that? He says, since you have in obedience to truth, purify your soul for a sincere love of the brethren. Fervently love one another from the heart. You see that? He says, as believers, we ought to fervently love one another from where? From the heart. But then he goes on to say, He says, for you have been born again, not of the seed, which is perishable. Are you seeing that? Are you seeing it? Not of the seed. That is what perishable, but imperishable. That is through. Check it. Check it. Check it out. Check it out. Look at it. Look at it with me. Verse 23. That is through the living and enduring, what? Word of God. Hold on a second, hold on a second. You and I have been born again by this seed, the seed of the word which was planted in you gave birth to a new life. See, and if you don't Feed on the word of God. You cannot nurture this seed. Are you with me? Amen. Are you with me today? Amen. Now watch this. Watch this now. Watch this now. He says for you have been born again. Not of watches of a seed which is perishable. Different seed. See what you feed your spirit. What you let. Get what you allow to be implanted in you will either stagnate you or strengthen you. And I believe that without the word of God, without the word of God, you and I are stuck. You and I are stuck in a place where we're trying to figure it out. We done spent money on this book, on that book, but if you were to pick up the book, Come on and say amen tonight. Amen. Look what he says in verse 24. He says, for all flesh is like grass and all its glory. Amen. Like the flower of grass. Now, what the Bible does a lot, the Bible uses illustrations. Wherever you read, you'll always see something illustrated. And what that's called in, in, uh, in Bible study methods, okay, what it's called is called contrasting. So the Bible will always contrast something uh, in, the, in the natural to reveal something in the spiritual. Uh, Jesus uses parables, and sometimes that's what parables is all about. Jesus uses parables, and the parables that he uses, those parables helps us to understand, just like he says, a seed, right? And through this seed, you're born again. What seed? The seed of the word. The seed that are sown brought forth life in you. The same way God's word gives life to those who receive it. Amen. And this imperishable life that he gives us, and that comes—the seed comes from the Word of God. Now, watch this. He illustrates that the flesh, the body, is like grass. You and I are like grass. Our glory is when we start budding, when we start growing. You know, when we when we're young, we look like a flower. When we get old, we look like a broke-down flower. <laughs> we look like a wrinkled-up flower. You understand what I'm saying? You know, stuff start breaking down real quick. You know, you know, and and what the Bible does, it illustrates it like this. It says, it says, it says, and all its glory, like the flower of grass. Watch what he says. He says, the grass withers. Huh? The flowers fade away. Come on and say Amen tonight. But the word of the Lord, you've heard this cliche a whole lot of times, but the word of God or the word of the Lord, what does it do y'all? It endures what forever. Can you imagine if we really start reading our Bibles? I'm saying like really reading it and then really applying it. What would we become? How strong would we become? He says, and this is what the word, which was what preached to you. The Bible illustrates itself as a seed. Now, I want you to go to uh, Matthew chapter 13 for me. I I, I can only do one a week because it's so rich. And then I'll get into the method here. Matthew chapter 13 And I want you to look from, look, look, look at here. All right. Now, Matthew, Matthew chapter 13, uh, beginning from verse 18 to verse 23. I just have to jump ahead of the game because what Jesus was doing, he was, he was, he was giving them a parable. What is a parable? It's an earthly story. This is a genre. This is something you need to learn. You got to know what, what a parable is because how you interpret a parable, right? you got to be careful how you impr- interpret a parable from, a, from another genre in Scripture, right? So this is what we call a parable. It is an, earth, it's, it's an earthly story that reveals a spiritual truth, right? There's a spiritual lesson for this. Let me also say this. Not everyone is able to understand the word of God. Right? And and why do you say that? Because not everyone is saved. And and here's the thing. And if you're not saved, then you're not, you won't have the privilege of understanding what you read. i never forget as an unbeliever, before I got saved, I used to read one book of the Bible. One book, Psalm 27, that's it. I tried reading. I, I ordered a book not too long ago on, uh, on, on, on a secular book on money management. An old book it was written by a German guy. Um, and, and it was an economics book. And I was reading through that book and I was reading through that book and I got to chapter seven. I'm like, man, I have no clue. What this man, I have no idea. You you know, some of you in college, right? And you go to these classes of physics and economics and all this other stuff. And you're like, what in the world is this, right? You have no clue what they're saying. And that's how it was for me in the word of God. See, before I got saved, the missing ingredient, what I didn't have. Let me get from behind the desk and talk to you real quick. What I did not have is I did not have the basics down. I did not have the Holy Spirit and without the Holy Spirit it is impossible for us not to it is impossible for us to understand the word of God. So you and I must be born again of this seed. Amen. And and then we have to learn how to study, how to read. Just because you're reading the Bible doesn't mean you're applying it. See, that's the other thing we have to realize too. And what we have to realize is that we have to come to a place in our journey where we are applying the word of God to every situation that we face. Now, sometimes that's hard to do. And the reason why it's hard to do is because, you know, we we struggle with, with, with switching sides sometimes. Hello, somebody. Amen. Sometimes it's hard to switch sides. When you've been running with the devil for a long time, hello, somebody. It's hard to switch sides. But God has given us a playbook. Tell your neighbor, playbook. And this playbook, are you with me? This playbook is designed for us. Come on and say amen. It's designed for us to live victoriously. I want to help somebody tonight to let you know that you will live victoriously if you learn how to study and then apply God's word correctly. Are you following me? Don't let people sell you things that is not real. You can't get no cloth and no oil, and it's gonna make your life better. As a person who's saved, sac- sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost, you get your po- you get your power, you get your structure, you get your 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 marching orders from the Word of God. See, is this making sense? Now, I want I want to show you something. I want to show you from verses eighteen to verse twenty three. I said verses eighteen to verse twenty three. Uh, matter of fact, Jesus started the parable in verses one to verse nine. I'm sorry, and then he gives an explanation there about. About that parable. And then he comes to this parable. And I want you to look at it with me. Verse 18. It says. Hear then the parable of the sower. Watch this now. I want, you to, I want you to see this now. Okay. I want you to see this. Please pay attention to me. Please. Please pay attention. This is important for you. All right. Look what it says. It says. Hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of, of the kingdom. And does not what? Understand it. What Jesus did is he illustrated the fact that when the word went out it went out and it fell is seed falling on different grounds. All right? So here let me let me let me let me decode right quick. Your heart right now. Wait right, right where you are right now, right where you are. Your heart right is the ground that this word right now that I'm teaching you tonight it's falling on. It's falling on a on a particular ground. Okay? Now, let me ask you a question. What type of heart do you have right now? And if you're not sure of the heart that you have, then it's going to be very difficult for you to benefit from the word of God. Now, you got to decide what type of heart you got. Now, he says here, amen. He says that... Uh, if you, well, let me just back up, let me just back up to 13.3, uh, okay? It says, and he spoke these things, many things to them in parables, saying, behold, let me just, let me just show it to you, man, let me just show it to you, why not? He says, he says, behold, the sower went out to sow, and he sowed some what? Seeds fell beside the road. And the birds came and ate them up, and others fell on rocky places where they did not have much soil. And immediately they sprung up because they had no depth of soil. But when the sun had risen, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they, what, withered away. Others fell among the thorns, and the thorns came up and choked them out, and others fell on good soil. And yield what? A crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. It says, he who has ears, let him hear. What is Jesus is illustrating? The seed, the sower, and the ground. We get to verse 18, and that's where the explanation of this parable comes in. Got it? Now you got the context, you can understand it, right? Watch this. He says, hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, what happens? The evil one, what does he do? He comes and he snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is the one whom seed was sown beside the road. Now let me let me holler at you right quick. Are you living by the side of the road? Where's your heart? Whenever you find yourself that you cannot understand the word, you are attracting the devil. The enemy wants to keep you with no understanding, y'all. He wants you to play the part in church. Look the part. Amen. Talk the part. But he don't want you to get understanding. And here's the reason why he doesn't want you to get understanding. Because he understands that when you get understanding of God's word. You're going to be a force to be reckoned with. Your life. You will now have the power to change. But you got to stop hanging around by the side of the road. You got to leave them streets alone. Come on. Say amen. Come on, say amen. the de- The enemy shows up, and what does he do? He snatches the word. So does that tell you something that Satan is capable in Bible study while you're listening, not just to rob you, but to snatch and run? He a cold-blooded thief, ain't he? <laughs> He will hold you up right after Bible study. Come on, somebody. He will hold you up in the middle of Bible study. I got to go to the bathroom. I got to do this. I got to do that. Kids crying. This is happening. Come on now. Come on now. I done seen it. I done seen it. I done seen it. I done seen it a thousands of times. And I know it's the devil who is trying to snatch it from you because he doesn't want you to get better understanding of the word. Because if you understand the word, you will change. Are you with me? Look at verse 20. The one whom seed was sown on rocky places. This is the one who hears the word. Watch this one right here. You got to watch out for this. Right, Watch this. He says, this is the one who what? Who, who, whom the seed was sown on rocky places. This is the man who hears the word and immediately he shouts. Preach that pastor come on man, lay it down for me. Boy, he sure is preaching today, ain't he? Joy. See, you know what I found out? The word gives you joy. But let me ask you something. Is your joy uh, predicated on circumstances? See, because when life is not going well, the Bible says you ought to keep your joy. But you got to find out where you're getting your joy. And if you're not getting your joy from the Word, see, the Word brings you joy. The Word brings you joy. Watch what he says. He says, But if you're hanging, not just on the streets, but if you're hanging now, watch me now, watch me now, watch me now. If you're hanging in rocky places, if your heart is in rocky places, if your heart is by the roadside, you're not all the way in. You're just partly in. And you're trying to get in because you got a motive. Hello, somebody. He says, what he says. He says, yet he has no firm root in himself, but only what? Temporary. Watch this. Watch the text. 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 Watch it. Watch it. Watch it. Watch it. You know what? Let me do this for you. Let me do this for you. I, I have a feeling. Amen. What was that? Matthew what? Stay with me. We in Bible study, right? I'm cooking right now. Matthew 13 what? Where am I? 21? Thank you, studio audience. Watch me. Watch this. Watch this. Let me show you something. I want you to see. I want you to see what I see, because I know some of you got different versions of the Bible. Watch this. Watch this now. Watch this now. Watch this. He says, the one whom seed was sown on rocky places. This is the man who hears the word. All right. We did that. 21. All right. Dang, 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 dang. Look, he said, and the one whom seed was sown among, I'm sorry, back it up, back it up, back it up. Right here. It says, it says, the one whom seed was sown on rocky places. This is the man who hears the word, immediately receives it with joy. And yet has no firm what? Root. May I ask your question? Is the word taking root when you hear it? Is it is it really going down in you? Is it is it going down into the depths of your life? Are you rooted? That's the title of this series. Are you rooted? Because if you're rooted, you're not going to fall. You may sway backwards a little bit, but you're going to bounce right back. Why? Because you have the word inside of you. Because you're living on good ground. Watch what he says. He says, and the one who hears this, he says, immediately receives with joy, and yet he has no root in himself, but it's only temporary. I, I often ask the question, Is this a temporary journey that I'm on? Am I just going, how long before I go back to being the old Derek? (laughs) But I found out after 20 years, I ain't fooling myself. Found out that when you let the word come inside of you and you allow it to transform you and work on you. you It's like Ajax sometimes. Amen. You put it in and God puts you on permanent press. And he started cleaning you up. Every now and then, he got to put a little bleach. He got to mix you with the white. And put a little bleach on you. He got got to clean you up from the inside out. But see, watch the text. Watch the text. This person, when they receive the word, they got joy, man. They're like, woo! Preach that, Pastor. Preach. I hear you. I hear you, man. I hear what you're doing. Come on and lay it down for me. And you know we real emotional people, right? <laughs> you know we 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 uh, we special people. Amen. We are special people. Amen. We are special people. Amen. I mean, believe that we are very special people. We get all excited and all emotional. Amen. And watch the text now. It says you receive it with joy. He says, and yet it has no from root root in himself, but is only temporary. And when affliction. And what? Why? So, so so, some of the questions you're going to ask in this method. I got a few minutes. Watch this. In observation, that's the method that we're in now, right? The method is observation. In observation, you got to ask a bunch of questions. You got to ask a bunch of questions in observation, okay? So in observation, what you're asking is why? He says, yet because he says and when affliction and persecution arises some of you don't because of the word immediately what he falls away watch this I don't like that pastor no more I don't like that church no more I don't want to go there no more it ain't because of me it's because of the word you are being persecuted because of what you're learning boo boo and here's the problem The problem is Satan knows this. But God revealed it to us. To let us know. Your battle. Is not against flesh and blood. And so maybe you're being persecuted right now. For what you're learning. For what you're hearing. But let me say this. This word is in the definite article. So it means that. Affliction and persecution will come. So get ready. How many how many how many been through this? Moment you start doing right. Body with me? Moment you decide, oh you know what, I'm gonna stop tripping. I'm gonna start going to church, I'm gonna start learning, I'm gonna start reading. Moment you start reading, what happened? What happened? What happens? What happens to you when you start reading? Tell me about it. When you start reading about it, when you start reading and when you start really hearing the word of God, affliction comes. Persecution comes because of the word. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that the devil wants to keep you from the word? He wants to keep you with a whole lot of cliches. He doesn't want to keep you in the word. But when persecution comes, what happens to this person? We fall away it says this person falls what away Man, I I always ask the question how long God how long before they fall away you see because what I understand is this that this battle is not personal this is a bigger fight that you're in but you have to guard what you've learned, but you got to check your heart and make sure it's right. Because if your heart is not right when receiving the word of God, it doesn't benefit you, saints. Are you with me? Look what he says in verse 22. He says, and the one whom seed was sown among the thorns. Watch this now. This is the man. So, so the word, you know, what we find here that the devil gets the word from you. What we find is not not only that, but persecution comes because of the word. But check this guy out. And the one whom seed was sown among the thorns. This is the man who hears the word. Here we go now. Here we go now. Ready? Worry of the world. And what? I want a ball. And the deceitfulness of wealth. Comes in. And it literally chokes the word out of your life. You know why you haven't changed yet? Because maybe you have an enemy within that's choking the word out of your life. And it has not become fruitful in your life. You know all the right things to do. Oh, man. You know all the right things to do. You can do it. Matter of fact, you're so good, you can memorize but well, for some reason, the word is not being fruitful in your life. The deceitfulness of what? Wealth. I got the next, I'm going to be the next Bill Gates. I'm going to be this. I'm going to be that. We, we, we're hustling. We're trying to get money. We're, trying, we're so focused on wealth and all this other stuff. And the, the, the Bible says that the, the, the worry, not just wealth, but worry. Worry will choke out the word. Worry hmm, will cause the word to be unfruitful in your life. I got to go on, man. And the one whom seed was sown on good soil, watch this now. This is the man who what? Hears the word and understands it. Watch this now who indeed bears fruit and brings forth some hundred, some sixty, and some what? What Thirty. What he's saying here is that when you hear the word of God by reading, interpreting it correctly, you then become a fruitful Christian. You then bring other people into the kingdom. Not only that, but your life, your language, your look. Come on, somebody. The way you walk, the way you talk, what you do, how you dress—all that is the package of being fruitful. And and I believe that when I, I I've seen this happen to people who've came here broken, and they heard the word, but they did not allow. They had a good heart, and then the word starts changing them and transforming them, and making them into what God wants them to be. Amen. All right, amen, all right. Now, let me take you to to the first method. All right, the method. The first method in every Bible study, every time you study the Bible, the first thing you are to ask in observation, there it is, what do I see? This is a critical skill in observation it lays the groundwork for the rest of our studies and so there are four tasks that is that is involved in observation which should be performed in order amen to observe a passage so what i did tonight i illustrated that i just did observation i did a little application too i i did the whole package but i'm just saying i was showing you how to how to how to how to observe a passage. So the first thing you want to do when you're studying, when you pick up the Bible to study it, right? You want to always ask this, what the first question, write it down somewhere, write down because some of you read the Bible every day in devotion time and you just reading, but you're not asking questions. So you ask the question, what do I what See, what do I see? So first thing you want to do is mark up the passage by visually identifying the following elements. Number one, underline all the verbs. A verb is a group of words used to indicate either that there's an action, for instance, I thank my God, or that a state or condition exists. So he says, God is faithful, that's the verb. Verbs unlock the passage. So in observation, what you're doing is you are looking for these verbs, right? You're looking for these verbs. The next thing you want to do is circle all the keywords. For instance, when you're reading the book of John, the word believe is the key word to that book. Believe. So while you're reading through John, I want you to just, every time you see a word repeated, every time you see a phrase, a key word, you just circle it because it unlocks the passage. For instance, there are words or short phrases that are important theologically, like words like uh, the cross. Uh, thematically, there's a set of theme and main ideas. Now, remember, when you're reading a, when you're reading a scripture, you, ha- you must ask the question, What is the big idea? Like, for instance, what we just read, the big idea was the parable that Jesus was explaining about how the word is sown into our lives. See? The word as the seed and your heart as the ground. That's the big idea of that passage. Now, you can teach it any way you want to, but you got to make sure... That you get the big idea first before you go on trying to say that this is what the passage means. The next thing you want to do is highlight repeated words, all right? Including words and phrases that are closely related, even if not uh, uh, duplicates, such as judgment or judging. You'll want to highlight things that are repeated from previous from previous passages, such as now concerning. Found in seven one twenty five 12-1, and sixteen one in that particular uh, book. Right. Next thing you want to do, and and you don't have, I don't really. This is the marking system. So you have a circle, you have a highlight, and then you have a box. Okay. So one of the things that you want to look for, the important words you want to look for when you're reading up through a text, right, is this comparisons. Right, You want to look for words like this, and like, as, just as, also, so, also, even so, right? Why? Because what that what those words are doing, you may want to take a picture of this, it's contrasting. He says, uh, the the one who hears the word is like, see that is like a what? The seed that falls on the what? On the rocky ground. See that? And so so the word like is a is a comparison word. So you may want to note write these down, okay? Write down these comparison words, okay? And if not, go back and watch the video and pause it. Amen. You have we have V O D, video on demand. Amen. The next thing you want to look for is contrast. When you do an observation, remember you're like a detective. You're asking, What do I see? When you come on the scene, you're paying attention. What do I see? What do I see? I'm compare I'm looking for comparisons. I'm looking for key words. I'm looking for words that connect. Amen. So that I can interpret it correctly. Right? The next words that you're looking for are contrasting words. Right? Uh, Words like but, however, yet, rather. Example, the Jews asked for a sign, but we preach Christ crucified. See that? That's a contrast. All right? The next thing you want to look for is purpose. All right? It indicates the intended goal of an idea or action, whether or not it was realized, right? A purpose word includes what? That, so that, in order that. Now, let me say this. When I started my journey, this is what I learned in, in, in seminary. This is what I learned in Bible college, right? And it was confusing to me. I, 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 don't, I said, I, I can't get this. But I realized something <laughs> my first round in, in, in seminary. I couldn't understand because Satan snatched it from me. Hello, somebody. So I had to check my heart. I had to go take that class over again, and then when I went in that class and I sat there and I really paid attention, I, I didn't act like I knew everything. I walked in that class and I sat there humbly and I learned and I received it, and with a good heart, I was able to I was able to put it all together. But these words right here, let me let me just let me just add, let me just give it to you. These words right here are very important. Okay, so I would say that you wanna. What you want to do is you want to make sure, amen, that you are paying attention to these words, okay? These words right here, okay? All right? The next thing, so so what are you looking for? You're looking for contrast. You're looking for purpose. You're looking for the words that show you results. Very similar to purpose, but indicates the actual consequence, whether or not it was intended. Results words include that, so that. As a result with the or result that. For instance, um, I baptize none of you except Caiaphas and Gaius so that no one would say. Are you seeing that? All right. The next thing you want to look for is cause. It expresses the basis of cause of, of the cause of an action. Cause words are Because since sometimes for sometimes for i praise you because you remember me and everything see that so so you say pastor why do i have to learn all these words because these words unlock the meaning we are observing the passage right you're not just trying to pick up the passage and just say oh well i need well you know um you know, uh, this is what it means because I read it. do no, you have to go through the process. The next, number six, we have explanation. The following words will will give you... Exp- look for words like for. That's explanation. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body. See that? That, that word, it gives you better explanation. Inference, words like therefore. For this reason. Now the word... For the word therefore takes you back to the context. All right, so here we go. All right, so we have explanation. We have words like therefore. Always remember, ask this question every time you see the word therefore. Always ask, what is it therefore? What is it there for? Number eight, condition. You want to look for statements that may reflect reality. It could be hypothetical. Keywords like if. If. So there are three class conditions in the in the Greek. And the fourth sometimes if they, if depends on what, what the word is. If and it is true. If and maybe it's true. And if and it's not true. Those are the three classes of ifs. All right. Now in observation. Here we go. I'm going to give it to you now. Here, here, here are your questions. So you want to, you may want to take a picture of this. All right. Here's your, here's your questions you're going to ask in observation. First thing we're going to ask who? Who is Paul talking about? Right? Who is Paul talking about accomplishing? Who's accomplishing the action and who's benefiting from what you're reading? So when we read about the parable, right? Who's talking? Jesus. All right. Then the question is, why? Why was he doing this? Why did he choose these words? Why did he? Why was he saying all this? Well, you have to go back to ver to chapter uh, chapter twelve because what he was saying in chapter twelve that the people were desiring a sign; they didn't want to know him. That's this is the why. And then Jesus goes on. And he tells them the relationship between you and I about to change. But the reason I'm speaking in parables is because I'm speaking in parables because not everyone belonged to me. See, and and I want only those who know me to understand these parables. Now, how did I come up with that? I didn't just come up with it. I went back to the context and I found out the why behind the what, which comes next. So we know that Jesus is talking. Right, and then we go here now, and we go to the what? What is the meaning of this word? What what is the significance of this phrase? What is the implication of the of the statement? And the worries of the world and the deceitfulness of riches come in and choke out the word. What is the relationship between those two phrases? See, see that? See how? See how this? You're going to have to go back to this video and, and watch it, okay? Because I believe that it, it, you you can't just we can't just get it all in one night but I, I believe and I'm trying I'm giving you the fast course here uh, what I believe is I believe that if you really pay attention to these questions when you're reading all of a sudden they start popping out at you the meaning of the passage alright alright that's it for observation tonight um, there's 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 um, there's one other thing I want you to see um, here. And let me grab it real quick. All right, let me just grab this right quick. And maybe you could take a picture of this. Um, and, and I'll talk to you about reading, how to read the Bible. See, there's a way you got to read, Okay. Uh, hold on one second. Uh, let me see if I find that in the observation. Yeah, here we go. All right. Now, so so here's some other questions you want to really nail down. Okay, let me just give you this right quick. Uh, here's some questions. All right. Oh, uh, it says from observation to application here. All right. So so one of the things you want to write down. In observation here is what did it? What did it mean? And this is a very important question. What did it mean to the original audience? Before you bring it to your audience, right? And then what is the timeless truth? So there are principles. Listen, there are prophecies and and promises that are in Scripture that's not for you. For instance, uh, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord, a plan for a future and a hope. That ain't for you, but there's a timeless truth in there that you can grab. And what that scripture really means is this scripture means, here's what it means. It means that God is saying, I got you. I got you. I got to discipline you, but I got you. Because that's the context. The, the children of Israel is getting ready to go into Babylon for 70 years, but God said, I got you. I got a plan for you. I know you may not like the plan, but, uh, but guess what? I, I got you. And, and, and here's the thing now. Here's, here's the flip side to that coin. The promise, the truth, the timeless truth of that passage belongs to all of us. So you got to know the difference. Okay. All right. All right. We'll stop here. We'll stop here.